Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. When Brother John asked me uh, to preach today, I took some advice from my good friend Bill Griffin, wherever he is. There he is. Bill always says, "Make say no first. Because it's easier to turn a no into a yes than a yes into a no. So I said, no, I ain't going to do it. And we were out to lunch, and what I thought was my friend, Cole Thomas, <laughs> was with us. He actually used, because I preached this message at the men's group, he actually used my own message against me. Can you believe that? <laughs> so here I am. So, like I said, I have preached this before. I've had, um, I have a little bit more, less time constricted, so I had to kind of tweak it a little bit. So the men in the room that's heard this before, you may have not heard it quite this way. I know God has given it to me. I know what to say. It's just how to say it. And so I do want to do a shout out real quick, though, because um, I know they're going to be watching later, is my mother and father, it's their 67th wedding anniversary. So, Mom, Dad, I love you. So anyway, my mother has been my spiritual rock all my life here on earth. So, And my father has been my mentor. So, um, I have a question for you guys, though. And by show of hands, I want everybody to raise their hand that knows they've been called to be a preacher. One. Okay. More than I thought. Okay. I don't have that call. And I told the men this. I don't have that call that night to be a preacher. But I'm called to preach. And you are too. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't have what it I don't have that call to get up here every Sunday morning and be a preacher but every Monday morning I'm called to preach and so if you ever you guys that didn't raise your hand if you ever get a chance to read this book by Rick Clendenin playing from the I call it playing from the second fiddle it's West Kentucky slang but this is playing from the second chair very good book because we're not all we're not all called to be first chairs. Most of us are called to be second chairs. And so that's kind of what I've based this message on. So um, here's what I'm going to ask you. And you can ask yourself this. It's two questions. Two questions. And I, and I use an outline. I'm not going to read from it, but I have to use an outline. And maybe Brother John needs to use an outline sometimes. <laughs> maybe it wouldn't go so long, maybe. But anyway, here's your question. Would I like to be used by God to be an instrument in somebody's life? Would I like to be an encourager or encouraging to someone? It's my question to you. Okay. 
I'm going to attempt to show you three ways, three ways. And if you have your blank piece of paper for your notes, I told Tanya Watson earlier that, that I don't do notes and fill in a blank. You let the spirit fill in the blanks. <laughs> Not man. You let the spirit fill in that blank. So if you got your notes, you're going to want to take three points here. Um, my, my message is going to be on Barnabas, and he's kind of a not-so-well-known disciple in the Bible. But when I, before I get to Barnabas, I've got to, we've got to talk about Saul a little bit. Y'all know who Saul is? If you've been coming to church, you should know who Saul is. Um, if you don't know who Saul is, Saul was a, later became Paul, but before he was Paul, he was a Roman citizen. He was Jewish by heritage. He, he, he claimed himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was anointed as a, as a Pharisee of the Jewish law. It means he enforced the Jewish law. And he was a prosecutor of the brethren, of Christians. He put people in jail. He had them murdered. He was not a nice guy before he was Paul. So, just a little, little background behind that. So Saul encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. I'm not going to go into a long story. Look in Acts 9, you'll see that. But he encountered Christ after his resurrection on the road to Damascus. A lot of us have heard this, and he transferred Saul. He came into Saul's life, and Saul actually saw the light. And <clears throat> so we're going to pick this story up in Acts 9. So turn to your Bible, Acts 9. And we're going to start at 19. Acts 9, 19. And I'm going to jump back and forth from the NIV to the New King James, so just bear with me. Please. Acts 9, 19. Everybody got it? When you say got it, say got it. Okay. 19b, this is the latter part of 19. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. 20. At once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus was the Son of God. Okay, stop right there. One day in the kingdom... You can preach. It's right there. 21. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who rose, raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on this name? He, ha he hasn't, and hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus, by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. So, so Saul immediately starts preaching. He's having success. He's like, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to team up with the apostles and the disciples there. So here, way number one, and you write on your notes, here's way number one. You want to be encouraging to somebody, or if you want to be an encourager, way number one, 
speak up. Okay? So just write, speak up. Now turn to, go just a little further in 9 to verse 26. Just a little bit further. Everybody there? When he, Saul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing, underline that, that he really was a disciple. They had good reason not to believe. He killed them. He thought, they thought they, he was trying to infiltrate them. They were trying to get close to him to put him in prison. Okay? So you could say, on a worldly part of it, they had good reason. But look at the next line. 27. But Barnabas. Everybody say, but Barnabas. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul and his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. But Saul. Saul believed. He obviously heard Paul preaching or Saul preaching in Damascus. He believed, he saw Christ. He saw the transformation. He saw it. He saw that God could, his God, the God he served, the God that raised Jesus from the dead, the God that healed cripples, that opened the eyes of blind, he saw that God could take a man no matter what his past was, even though he was a drug addict, even though he might have been an alcoholic, you hearing me? Even though he might have been an adulteress, even though he might have been a thief, he was a murderer. I don't know that any of us in here committed murder. But we've been a lot of other things. Think about your own walk. Think about your own past. The disciples, they, they doubted him. They doubted that he changed. But Parmas didn't. He knew that God could change this man for the kingdom. So, I have a, I have a question for you, another question. What if Barnabas would have kept his mouth shut? Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible, of the New Testament. What if Barnabas would have kept his mouth shut? I'm not saying God couldn't have took a camel and wrote 13 books of the, next, of the New Testament. <laughs> he could have done that. But he chose Paul. And if Barnabas hadn't spoke up, I don't know. And you might want to write this down. I thought it was good. But Barnabas didn't see Saul. That's a play on words. See Saul. Get it? It's actually a double meaning. You could actually spell it S-A-W. He didn't waver. Barnabas didn't see Saul. He saw Paul. 
inside of salt. He saw what God could make of this man. Had to encourage him. Had to have encouraged Paul at that time. He was being rejected by the people that, think about that, he just came out, if you will, and professed Jesus as Christ, so the Jews didn't want anything to do with him. They wanted to kill him, matter of fact. He goes to the disciples and apostles, and they reject him. Where's he going to go? And Barnabas, it had to be a huge encouragement for Paul, for Barnabas to stand up. And this is this is a disciple. He didn't he didn't write a book. Barnabas didn't write a book. He he's mentioned just several spots, but I mean he's just there. He's there. So, all right. Point number two, way number two. And this we're all going to be in Acts, so you don't have to flip around too much. So everybody okay? You can say amen. You can say you know just don't heckle me. Just amen or okay or. You know, it encourages me. When you guys are quiet, I know how Brother John feels now. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with y'all, you know? Johnny, you need to, amen. All right. Your voice carries. Okay, way number two, you got to show up. Acts 11, uh, 20, we're going to start in 22. So I'm, I'm telling you, you don't have to flip around too much in your Bible. 22. Okay, this is New King James. So, y'all got it? Okay. Then the news of these things came. Okay, let me back up a little bit. Basically, revival broke out in Antioch. There was a, there was a great awakening. There was, a, there was a, uh, just a great number of, of believers that came to Christ in Antioch. And so the news got back to the leadership in Jerusalem. So this is where we start up. Then the news of this, uh, these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas. They sent out Barnabas. Go as far as Antioch. 23, when he came and he had seen the grace of, of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose, and you need to underline that, word, if that word's not in your Bible, mine says fullness of heart, with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. 24, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. A great many people were added to the Lord. Stop right there. So Barnabas could have said no. He was, you know, the leadership sinning. He could have said no, but he went. He showed up. Not only did he show up, I mean, they knew who to send the right man. But think about, these were new believers. Just came to Christ. Um, they didn't know a lot. They just knew that he rose from the dead. Came to Christ. So they sent Barnabas to teach him. Think about some of the new believers that you've encountered over your walk. What's, the, what's one of the most important things they need in their personal walk? Encouragement. Think of yourself. When you became a new believer, 
What did you need? Encouragement of some sort of fashion, whether it's just, hey, come on, come on with me. Let's go. We're going we're gonna to go minister to whatever. That's encouragement. That can be encouragement. So let's read 25. Pick it up at 25. Then Barnabas departed for, Par- for Taurus to seek Paul. Stop right there. Paul was not with him. Paul was off ministering in Taurus. But Barnabas had the mindset that he knew these people needed something that Paul had. The gifting that Paul had. And what did he do? He went and got Paul to bring him back to here to preach. And, li- and listen what, what happens. And we have found, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled, whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Christians, Christ like. I can't help to think that they not they showed them as they were teaching the love of Christ and the fruit just happened. The 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 joy, the fruit of the spirit, the joy, peace, gentleness, patience, all of I can't even name them all right now. But the fruit they were Christ-like. They were first named Christians there. Barnabas was part of that. He was there. He showed up. I can't help to think that um, the conference last weekend, I'm telling you, y'all, if you didn't make it, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just saying you missed out. It was a huge blessing. This whole church should have been filled. And something John said that Friday night about Brother Yurton. If y'all don't know Dale Yurton, he um, basically has been ministering in, in Mexico for over 50 years. And part of that fruit was here this last weekend and I don't remember how many how many people total there was like 12 from Mexico and some from Guatemala and some from Honduras and there was a lot of people here south of the border of the U.S. border but John said something about Brother Yurton and it just struck me he'd been showing up for 50 years and I opened Facebook today and he's there right now come on he's like what I don't know how old he is I pray that I have the strength that that man has at his age 50 plus years he showed up and he's there today you gotta show up another way is I'm gonna put a little plug in here for life groups Got to be in a life group. Dale Yurton goes, you know, how many miles? 
Cole will probably tell you right off the top of his head, 2,648 miles. You know, he probably, oh, 49, okay. <laughs> Thank you. We can't even drive across town sometimes to go life group. I ain't mad. I'm passionate. Life group, there's life that happens in life group, spiritual life. And I'm telling you, if you're not in a life group, you need to be. So when they, we, at Faith Center here, we try to ramp up in the fall, got to take a break in the summer. You need to be in a life group. Whether you've been in 50 before or this is your first one, if the Lord leads you, lead a life group. You'll have help. Somehow, I would encourage you to be in a life group before you lead a life group, but that's not always the case. Anyway, special events like this conference, you need to show up. Worship nights with Caitlin and up here that all they do is worship all night. You need to show up. There's encouragement there. It encourages them when they see everybody show up. Um, midweek services, Sunday mornings. I'm so glad everybody's here this morning. When tragedy hits, when that tornado hit in December, oh my gosh. If you weren't there, if you didn't go down there, I jumped, jumped in the truck, took my son Trey, took BJ, and we just got some supplies and went. And I'm not saying, I mean, a lot of people did. Ed Brainiacs did, and, and uh, Brian, his son, did. There was a lot of people that showed up. But just to love the people that just experienced losing everything. Unbelievable. And if you didn't see the destruction, you should have, because it was destruction. Just showing up made a difference. Encouraged. Okay, how are we doing in time? Oh, we're doing good. All right. Um, third way, you got to stand up. Acts 15, so we're just turning a few pages. See, I'm not wearing you out like John does and just bounces back all over. I think he just wants to hear the pages. That's all he wants to do. 15. And we're going to start at uh, verse 36. Everybody there? Say got it when you got it. Uh, I'm going to read off my page. 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas. Now stop there. Barnabas and Saul were sent when Paul was accepted to the brethren. They sent Paul and Barnabas to go do missions all over the region. And they did. They went. And they took um, somebody with them named Mark, John Mark. And <clears throat> Mark had actually been with Jesus, had walked with Jesus. Barnabas hadn't, that I know of. Paul hadn't, that I know of. Mark had. And they took John Mark with them, and he left them. So let's pick up in 37, verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, 
38. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in some town I can't pronounce and had not committed with them in the work. So John Mark, he, he left. He, he, in Paul's mind, he failed them. They brought him along, and he deserted them. But Barnabas stood up. How many in here deserve a second chance? Maybe a third chance. Maybe a fourth chance. The word says we fall seven times and we get up. <laughs> so Barnabas knew, yeah, he failed. He left us. But I ain't giving up. One failure in his life doesn't mean a life of failure. And sometimes the church gets that backwards. I'm sorry. They judge you by either your past or your failure, and that's not the way it should be. Thirty-nine, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Barnabas didn't give up. I'm staying in my ground. I love you, Paul. I needed you, Paul. I need you, Paul. I'm standing my ground. This man's come with me. He knew that that failure didn't define John Mark. John Mark shows up the rest of the Bible, and then he pins the book of Mark. Again, what if he would have kept his mouth shut? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what would have happened. But we have the book of Mark. Um, where are we at? 42. Man, I'm early. I mean, I cut this back too much. I'll never listen to John again. <laughs> Is everybody good? Okay. I hope that's it in a nutshell. I hope y'all got something out of this. My 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 heart is um, encouragement. Um, when John heard me preach this at the men's, and I went a little bit further with it in depth, he said something to me that it did resonate with me. He said, "That's your DNA." I want to encourage. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up a little bit early, but we're, we're okay. We may we may get to Cracker Barrel in time. You never you never know. Um, and in our time of worship, we do offering. And I don't know did Jamie even talk about offering? I don't know if he did, but we have offering drop slots back here men's bathroom, women's bathroom. You can give online, you can give uh, text to give, you can give all that, but we also pass buckets. So um, it's your opportunity to give. And I want to speak over the offering, but I want to show you one more verse before I call the ushers up. Uh, actually, the ushers can come up, and then I'll the verse, and we'll pray about it. 
and then I have part two. So we may not get to Caraca Barrel in time. Uh, so the ushers come on up, but don't pass the buckets. Please, you know. So I have one more verse, and this is this is about Barnabas too. Uh, it's Acts four. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but this is where uh, Barnabas first shows up on the scene in the bar in the Bible. This is first. Um, this is the first time his name comes up. Some of you guys know it, but Acts 4, 36. There it is. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement, he sold a field he owned and brought it the money and put it at the apostles' feet. He was a giver. That's the first, first time it shows up in, in Scripture, his name. Son of encouragement. I'm sure when he walked in, they said, look at that son of encouragement. <laughs> Got to watch how you say that. If, you know, don't let the past creep up on you. Small part in the Bible. Rick, Rick goes in to Barnabas in his book. And by the way, this is all about people that have come alongside and helped uplifted uh, people in the first chair. Didn't try to pull them off the first chair to get to the first chair. They come up under them. And it's got a very good chapter in there about Barnabas. So, you guys go ahead and pass the buckets if you want. I want to do something, and I really, I'm really hesitant on doing something like this. But um, I had some encouragement to do it. Look around. Look around the room. As the buckets in. Look around the room. Has somebody? in this room encouraged you? Has somebody in this room stuck highlighted to you that you want to be an encouragement too? I, I encourage you to get out of your seat and go to them and tell them. Either you've been an encouragement to me or here, I want to give you an encouraging word. I see your struggles. I see your past. I see your failures. Don't mean nothing. I want to encourage you. So what holds you back from doing that? What is it that holds you back to be Barnabas-like? You know, we all have stumbling blocks, but what holds you back? What keeps you from speaking up? What keeps, what, is it self-doubt? Is it a lack of faith? Is it lack of belief like the apostles had with, with Saul? They couldn't believe that he's changed. Barnabas knew, my God can change him. The God I serve can change him. I think, uh, uh, and I pick on my good friend BJ, I can't look at you because I'll probably cry. 
So I'm going to turn this way. My good friend BJ, he's told me stories of his past. I'm glad I didn't know him in his past. <laughs> It'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand on end. I'm sure you've had people say, did you really change? That's right. You had self-doubts of yourself. I can only pe preach to people in going through recovery, going through addiction. It's like that's not true. You can preach to the church. I've seen it. I've ministered with this man. I've seen his heart. I'm just saying. <laughs> what keeps you from showing up? What's your stumbling block from showing up? Are you a homebody? You'd rather be in your easy chair watching TV, watching reality TV, which is not, I call it rehearsed reality TV. I've never had my neighbor come over and knock on my door and say, hey, you got a cup of, of encouragement today? Never. I've went to my neighbors and prayed with him, tried to encourage him. I, I don't do everything right. My neighbor has passed away. He's gone to, to God in heaven, but the first time I met him, I prayed with him. Because he was struggling. And his body was, he needed healing. What keeps you back from showing up? Fear that you're going to get hurt? That you're going to get in a relationship with somebody that you're encouraging them and, and they're going to hurt you? Possibility. But let me tell you, the rewards are better. You see growth in that person. You see them walking out their, their salvation, walking out their faith, and they're growing. It's worth the risk. I'm telling you, it's worth the risk. What keeps you from standing up? Oh, let me back up. I want to back up for just one second. Sorry. We got, yeah, we're good. The new believers, I, I, I got I to gotta say this. We have a life group, and we have some new believers in there, and, and it, maybe they're rededicated believers. But Virginia and Austin, you encouraged me. A year ago, you're not who you were. Virginia, you're not who you were. Oh, my gosh. It encourages an encourager. Thank you. Let's move on. I feel like Rick up here because Rick cried about everything. Is, that, is this normal up here? What keeps you from standing up? I mean, we're all going to deserve a second chance. I was a John Mark. I turned and I left. I turned my back on the Lord. I turned my back on the family. I turned my back on my wife. 
I was a John Mark. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I had two brothers. And the crazy thing is, they were born of us in my life, but I really don't have a relationship with either one of them now. Not that it's a bad thing. One of them moved away. One of them still a good friend, loving to death, but we've just different churches, different walks, not really different walks of life, but just, you know how it is. And they wrote me a letter when I was going through that, both of them. I still have them. They said, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep walking it out. They came to my house and met with me. We would meet in Noble Park. They poured into me when I needed poured into. Don't give up. So I'm going to call the prayer team up, the altar team. If any of this stuff resonated with you guys, so if altar team come up, please. I want you to be prayed for. I want you to go out, of, get out of your seat. What holds you back? Get out of your seat. Talk to somebody. Tell them, you encourage me. I want to encourage you. Pray with these people. If you've never given your life to Christ, what's holding you back? Today's a good day to give your life to Christ. He's worth the risk. Will you be hurt? Probably. At some point, people hurt people. But it's not the end of the world. In Christ, I can do all things. And these people won't bite. They may be preaching and spit on you a little bit, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't kid about that during COVID. No. But come. Come to the altar. Um, come about anything. If you want to need healing in your body, if you need whatever, the church is here for you. These people are here for you to pray for so, I'm done for right now. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.